You are listening to WPOE, the worst place on earth. From the Sarasota Herald Tribune, Florida man steals parrot from Venice pet store by putting bird in short's pocket. It was the way she looked at me. You know, like we had a shared secret. That first moment we met, it was almost as if she could see me so well, she was staring straight through me, smiling into me, my soul. Her tiny, dark eyes scrutinizing, wondering. <laughs> so I, I was going about my day as usual. I had some errands to do. I think the car was low on gas, so I had to go to the gas station. Picked up my morning coffee, went and got a paper, read it in the car wash. I did the funnies in traffic, as usual. Grabbed a bite to eat at the local window, and I did the crosswords. I normally multitask. Doesn't take much. I like getting out of the house. My roommate, he has these um, fish, and he asked me to pick up some food for them, maybe a fresh batch of rocks. Now, normally, I, I just tell him to buzz off, but I was in a generous mood, I guess. Plus, it was, it was good to be out of the house for once, and was feeling really chipper about my day. The weather was nice. People weren't entirely being jerks. I was getting around in my car with minimum gruff. <laughs> Things were smooth, just how I like it. Easy. Now, I'm not one to really say something like this, but that's why I feel something cosmic was going on. It's as if every moment that day was leading me to her. It had to happen. I wasn't even looking for her. I wasn't even going to be in that store, but there she appeared. I'm not a guy good things happen to. I accepted that a long time ago. Maybe I'll have a good day here or there where nothing awful happens, but I've never been terribly lucky or fortunate even. Not to say I'm not grateful for what I've got. There's always something to be grateful for. Even during all this, I'm grateful for a lot of things. Like, for example, somehow I haven't gotten sick, although usually this would be the butt of someone's joke. And, you know, of course, Roger got COVID. What else? I'm like the resident Eeyore of the group of retirees. I just kind of hobble along, hoping to not get any more wounded by life than I already am. <laughs> but isn't that what we all do until our time has come? <laughs> so I, I'm out and about, wearing my mask. I haven't interacted with a person apart from my roommate here and there in ages. And he lives in a separate space in the house. We kind of avoid each other nowadays out of respect. Whatever limited interactions we were having at the time would happen between meals and watching our daily programs in our opposite portions of the house. Maybe taking a leak, doing the dishes, pleasantries, small talk, brief affirmations and check-ins. Nice weather, huh? Or, or we'll get out of this soon, I hope. <laughs> These were the passing phrases. So, needless to say, being out in the world can be pleasurable, but also daunting at times. There's still people, people everywhere. 
there's a, 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 a pungent cocktail of cumulative anxiety that's built up over this second round with everyone over it, things beginning to shut down again, curfews getting enforced. Maybe once in a while I'll brush another stranger's arm by mistake and instantly get titillated and terrified by their touch. Can we ever breathe the same air again? Will I ever get a vaccine? <laughs> what do we really know, really? I can barely remember what day it is half of the time. I didn't question anything when I saw those eyes, though. She tilted her head a little to the side, still staring. I walked right up to her and said, you know, my voice gentle, almost quaking, hello. Even though I was a bit intimidated, I walked right up to her with a certainty I've never felt in my entire life. I didn't know anything about someone like her. I didn't know what it could feel like. My whole body was calling to her. We were one, right there, right then, in that first moment. She didn't respond at first, but I could feel her energy just pulsing towards me through those, those beautiful eyes. Then suddenly I heard her voice ring out, so beautiful, with a song I've never heard before. This is the thing of music, was my first thought. This is the thing of love. I know it's cheesy, I know, but that's where I was. She transported me to some kind of tropical landscape. I heard steel drums, the far-off voices, slow, strummed guitars. Something changed in me, rose up out of my, my soul. I'm not afraid to say it. I almost cried. I felt such pure joy. I took her in my hands, and she responded. She wasn't freaked out or scared. We barely knew each other, and she was so willing to be mine. She jumped right into my grasp, and there we stood together, nestling almost, until I, I knew it was time. I looked at her, and she looked at me, and I looked at the position of the security cameras, and I, I just put her in my pants. She stirred a little. No, no one would know. I would just have to take her with me and get through the door, get into my car and get her home. And she would be mine. I could listen to her song whenever I wanted. I could hold her in my grasp, let her perch on my shoulder or on the couch, play in the backyard, feeding her treats by hand, calling to her as she flies through the air, always knowing where I am. There's an alcove of trees in, in the backyard she could enjoy. Maybe she'd be less inclined to fly away. Although, I have this knowing feeling she would have stayed forever. She barely struggled in there, which shows you the level of trust and respect between us. Clearly, the connection was there. She, I, she shifted around a little bit in there with, with her beak, so she got me good on my thigh before I got her to the car. I remember changing gears, taking off my mask when they were opening my driver's side door. So many of them. It was overkill, really. I, I didn't even leave the parking lot when security came out to get me. One of the clerks was stacking toys at the edge of the aisle. Saw the whole thing. I mean, it's possible. I don't have the best peripheral vision anymore. <laughs> the cops came. The clerk called to the bird and had her back in the cage. Turns out her name is Fred, and she's a senior. And male. But Fred really did have some female energy so I'm not convinced that is truly accurate. I guess you never assume anything, is what I'm saying. 
I have another civil court date in a couple weeks. Now, I offered to pay for the bird, but I'm not allowed back in the store for obvious reasons. A spix macaw is a rare find, I guess. I mean, mother used to have one. <laughs> it's just as mean as her. The males and, and the females are almost identical from what I remember, so I could have been mistaken. But then again, so could the shopkeepers of that strip mall pet feed store. I think it's called Pet Paradise. Something like that. You know, the one with the unfinished mural and the pock-faced teenagers working in there, chewing their gum. You know, they could have been wrong about the gender. But uh, I guess I'll never know. Huh. She'll just sit in there till someone else finds her, takes her to their prison, keeps her until the kids grow tired of her or the wife complains about the sound. You know, they're, they're loyal birds. They remember everything. You can't just discard of them like that. I guess I could be inclined to buy one just like her, but bail was kind of pricey. And honestly, it would have just been depressing. You know, their personalities, they're, they're so distinct. Really, there's just no way I could replace her. I couldn't even imagine. She left such an, an impression. Lucy. Lucy is what she told me her name was. What she told me. I mean, psychically, of course. Her tilt. Those eyes. That voice. Our instant, pure love. In a shared, knowing stare. I will never forget that moment. Meeting her for the first time. Seeing our whole life flash before my eyes so suddenly. That tropical place. Honestly, it's odd mourning a life we could have had together that never existed, but there's no one quite like her. And in a world like this, who knows what else is out there? Spring break, you guys excited? Woohoo! Woo! Destroy South Beach, yeah! Woo! I, Imagine here's took the thing. Shirt off. <laughs> here's the thing, though. Okay, so everything that we've been doing for the last 146.5 years has been kind of inside of and around the pandemic, right? 146 years? That's how long it's been? I think so. Whoa. Yeah. I have not been keeping uh, track. Trump was president for 145.2. That's weird because I thought our life expectancy went down by one to two years. It did. So you better choose. You better go out there and choose a tombstone. Because <laughs> you're 75 years too late. <laughs> <laughs> and I know that all of our brains have been frayed by probably like. Uh, asymptomatic COVID or something. So we can't really remember what it was like before pandemic times. But wasn't spring break always like this? Yes, yes. But it's a little bit worse because the Clevelander closed down, which is kind of a monumental thing. Like they're avoiding what happened next door. I forget what that um, that new kind of douchey spot is. I think it's called like society or social. It's called lay fudge pit. 
No, it's called everyone who works here is out of a job and we're never going to open again. Like someone walked down, <laughs> that's so gross, on twenty, like a $20,000 bill. They wrecked the whole restaurant. Like you don't care about the people who work here in the middle of this? Like you shouldn't be out anyway. It's, it's also not the locals. Why does everyone think it's us? Well, of, like, course it's, of course it's not the locals, but like like it's not a slow news cycle. So why are people freaking out about about? It was this? on the cover of the New York Times. Exactly. That's what I'm saying. Out in LA, in case you're Every day in the morning was like the situation in South Beach. Like, this is not anything different than what we're used to here. It's weird to me, and and I, so I, of course, because I live here, I haven't been down to South Beach. Like, you no, know, Caleb's like in it, like in South Beach. No, but I haven't been down to like Ocean Drive, you know, yeah. since <laughs> since it reopened. But like the videos I've seen are just crowds of people dancing and stuff in the street which always happens and then the police shooting them with pepper balls oh yeah miami beach police department is out of control like they use these holidays to abuse the people like to brutalize people more than usual so there know. was definitely a lot of fighting from what i saw in some of those videos there was a lot of violence yeah you normally on. see like three or four women pulling each other's hair and beating each other in the street this year it was like 18 per video that usually happens in may for Memorial Day, <laughs> that yeah. you, that yeah. happens that ha that happens after you grow your spring break horn at the end of May. <laughs> you have to puncture it through someone for it to fall. It's, off. it's dripping with fair with pheromones, and you have to <laughs> insert it into something, or you'll go crazy. <laughs> Pheromone uh, visited the palace for a drag brunch last Sunday. No, she didn't. She's probably steering clear from this. Hi, Pheromone. I wonder if like if like um in the future they'll do like spring break safari tours with like Ivanka Trump and and Jared Kushner sponsoring They'll try their own version in Tampa and it's gonna be super lame. Right. Right. Yeah. Like, hey, check out this live music. I don't know what they're not human to me, so I don't know what recreation looks like to them. I don't They do live here now. They like call Tom Brady over and then they pretend to like make s'mores, but then it's too much of a mess. So they have the maid taken away. I don't, I don't know what they do for fun. Uh, newsflash, Jess, we are all Ivanka Trump's maid. <laughs> that's, that's not a new concept for me, actually. I accepted it. I just forgot it was within me. All of us. Oh, man. We wrote about uh, parrots. Or I wrote about a man falling in love with a parrot this week. <laughs> that's where we're at but also it's well it's a true story right and also it's uh as all these stories are but also <laughs> well i speculated he was in love with it he definitely just put it in his pants and walked out of the pet store so who knows what that's really about okay. where i grow up that's love or lust depending <laughs> or going to the doctor why go to the doctor when you can have the doctor come to you? Or getting your stepdaughter to finally like you. I'm not that story could have been so many things, I think. But I opted for falling in love. <laughs> I well that was it. It's also a it's also a pandemic story. So yeah. uh I've been thinking about that like we all have for 146 years. Yeah, we're still in it. Don't forget, people. You know, I've been reading all these articles about uh like we all have for 146 years. Um, about yeah, like what I do for fun now. I wake up, I'm like, let me read some articles. I'm like, just really just like blazing right. through the words, not even retaining them anymore. 
but like the um <laughs> the uh the, the collective trauma of the pandemic and how it's altered our our nervous system and our the the, the channel the love canals in our brains and um <laughs> mine mine are fully dredged now is <laughs> only a parrot fits through the thing that i think is really interesting is that though that might be true that we all share like this common universal uh sort of under the skin trauma of of the pandemic we definitely are experiencing it in different ways and i think uh exhibit the symptoms in different ways totally like we were talking about the guy in south beach standing on the hood of the car with his face painted white and waving the american flag and throwing money in the air that's his way of expressing his 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 pandemic trauma (laughs) right (laughs) But I think it's in- interesting that lots of our stories this past year have been kind of about that, about how people... I think we have to cover that story. I- I'm now fascinated by it. There's so many levels there. This story is about Roger, who is just like lonely because of the pandemic and because of his age. And because, I mean, he was probably a little bit lonely before the pandemic yeah. started. But then he talks about how... He'll be walking down the street and someone will like brush against his arm and he'll have like a tiny orgasm because of it. (laughs) He's also kind of afraid of it at the same time. The only thing that will even like, even like engage with him in a meaningful way is this parrot. And that's why he falls in love with it because everyone else, and I've noticed that like people, it's weird. Like when you're out in public, at least you know, not on South Beach. That's a that's different. But if you're out in normal public, and you know you're in your mask and stuff, okay, that's already a, a separation, right? It's already kind of a form of isolation because you can't see p- people's facial expressions. But people don't look at you. Yeah, I don't know if we. Well, okay. So there was this night where we were out, and we were a little messed up. It was a celebration. And there were people we didn't know who were nearby. And our brains erased them. Do you remember this? We were like, no, we shouldn't be near them. And they were like shadows of people. Oh, because right. they were the outside world. That's right. kind of, I feel like, some manifestation of what that is. Like, I shouldn't be near you. You could get me sick. It's kind of awkward because I haven't interacted with many people. Like, there's different layers to it. It's like social awkwardness, um, fear for your life. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, You know, normal stuff. <laughs> the social awkwardness is is an actual thing, for sure. Like, yeah. you know, I, even before the pandemic, like, I noticed if if I went through the better part of the morning without speaking to someone and then had to go into like a Starbucks, for example, and order a coffee, there's a very good chance that the first couple of sentences that come out of my mouth are like complete gibberish. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Where now like hanging out with friends, like you have a lot to talk about, but there there is an awkwardness there. No, I feel like I, doe-eyed or like I'm interacting with my crush in middle school. I'm like, oh, <laughs> Oh, no, no, well, and the truth like, is, everyone. Contact, I don't know what to say. You know, I'm like being overly nice so that it's, you know, we're all good to each other. Every single person has become your crush in middle school. Everybody. <laughs> Every everyone. single person. And like an adolescent, you're just like, I don't know how to handle this. It's like, it's too much. Not to overstate it, but, and not to give them more attention than they've already gotten, but part of me really understands why people are freaking out 
um, in South Beach right now and why the spring breakers have gone so crazy, albeit yeah. not that much crazy than normal in normal times. But I actually, I think what nobody's talking about is the idea that Florida opened itself up. So yeah, it's been like this a long time, but now there's so, a national lens on it, so it looks even crazier. It's just that there's there's no like, like uh, Florida itself, the state and the municipality and the city of Miami Beach aren't to blame at all for for this influx of people. What what did they think was going to happen? Yeah, they just said, "Oh well, you know, COVID's over in our fantasy land, so let's just open it up and." bring some money back into the city and then they opened it up and everybody flooded in. What the heck did they expect was going to happen? Now they're closing all the bars too quickly. They should at least do it in waves or this curfew. It kills businesses. We saw this happen six months ago. That's why Lincoln Road is like 60% shuttered. I mean, it's only going to be for a month, thankfully, but like that's bad for everybody. They just opened up again. They're just recouping their like profits. Like it's, it's bad. I it's think. just like everything else, you know, like everything else that's been going on, the rollout of the vaccines and everything else. It's like it's like every single tent has its own set of rules and nobody yeah. really even knows what those rules are. <laughs> and then they get overwhelmed because they didn't have any rules in place and nobody knew if there were any rules at all. And then they over respond because they don't know what else to do. Yeah. We had to figure out crazy back channels to get vaccinated. It's insane. There are too many for people. They're shutting down or giving them away. Some of them at the end of the day, they're like, oh, we can't, we have nothing. No one's coming to get these. But here's the thing. Like, it's too late for it to be smooth. Mm -hmm. They screwed it up from the beginning. Yeah. And I'm sorry, but like, I put the blame on Miami Beach and Florida more than on the people who came here. Yeah. Who are, you know, who are literally exploding on the streets because they haven't been able to do anything for months and months and months and months and months. Well, it creates this visible need for law and order. And it protects this idea of like the people here are animals and need like governing and all this. Like all the laws DeSantis has been or the bills he's been proposing are like punitive. Like, you exactly. know, people don't deserve unemployment. They're lying, which is completely unfounded. Or like the anti-protest bill, the anti-riot bill. People aren't allowed to be in the streets yep. and protest what's going on. They're animals. Like So all those people on Ocean Drive, those crowds of people, right? The majority of the people who've been arrested, and it's like a thousand people. Insane. Were arrested for breaking a curfew that was just imposed. Right. So it's like they weren't mm -hmm. even breaking any rules. And then they talk about how they're un they're not they're not social distanced and they're not wearing masks. That's not a law here. No, that was opened up before they got here. That's why they're here to exercise that right. Yeah. You can't just say, hey kids, everything goes. Come on down to Miami Beach and go crazy because it's the only place in the country you can do that now. Bring our economy back and then arrest everybody for doing that. Yeah, of course. And I'm sure the majority of those people are non-white also. Yeah, Miami yeah. Beach police, dude, is insane. And everything you're seeing on the news is like, um, you know, people looting and trashing the property, which is not all everything that's going on. The majority of is what you're talking about. People are caught up in the rule switching and they're out partying. They don't know what's going on. <laughs> they're in this haze where they're trying to recover from being zombies inside for so long. Like, why do you think they're there? Dan Gelber 
was on WLRN or they had quoted him the other day and he was like, if you think this is the place to get away with anything and live out your fantasies, Miami is not that place. I'm like, dude, <laughs> do you know what, like, do you know what you're the mayor of? <laughs> it's exactly but that. But I'm sorry, like uh, people acting like, and I guess it makes sense too, because let's face it, like the mayor of Miami Beach, Dan Gelber, and all those commissioners and all the people that want to end the kind of like tourism that typically happens on, on South Beach are people who, who whose friends and themselves have investments in luxury condominiums. That's mm -hmm. what they want. They want it to be like a Dubai of the of you of Florida, the Dubai of Florida. Yeah, if his family had a restaurant chain, you know, he'd get PPP loans for that, or he'd be all about that cause. But and that's that, not his industry. He's in with uh, the real estate people. Yeah, and that's a big part of what this is about too, because there's a real desire by these people to transform Miami Beach from you know like uh, the beach town of yore to like a you know, upper luxury, high-end condominium village where, yeah. you know. And that cycles every 10, 20, maybe 20 years where that seems possible again here because the income disparity is uh, just at the right price point. <laughs> I don't know what it is. The economy like shifts and then people start building again and then we get close to it and then everything empties out. I think it's a boomer bust or it's a recession. It's like everything inflates and then it implodes. So we're like right there where we see this paradise happening and everyone thinks Miami can be Dubai and then it's going to become a fucking slum again. Okay, boomer. I'm just, it's true. No, okay, I'm on the- buster. I'm, <laughs> <laughs> the other thing that they do is they with these pictures of Miami Beach now is they're showing that gridlocked traffic on the causeway as oh, if yeah. that's somehow like unique to what's going on too. Yeah, dude, come on. That's every day now. No, and why is there that much traffic? Because they shut it they they're shutting the causeways down. Yeah, to... but even when this isn't happening, traffic in Miami rivals LA now. It's insane. Well, cuz there's construction everywhere. Cuz they're building luxury condos. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Or they're they're working on the eight thirty six still. Oh, wait, there's the Palmetto. The Palmetto. <laughs> it's been thirty years we've been working on the Palmetto. One of these days. Jared Kushner has to be a slumlord of something. Dude's got to eat. <laughs> He's a, a reawakened demon doll from the turn of the century. He does. He looks like ventriloquist, like a ventriloquist dummy that you kept in your attic, and now it's just talking to itself. I'm sorry. Those things taunted me as a kid. That's he's, he's just he's just Annabelle with a haircut. <laughs> oh, What's going on in Coconut Grove? Like, is that a scene anymore or no? Nah, no. dude. <laughs> that was quick. Well, they're bulldozing Coco Plum, man. You remember when that used to be like fun hippie times and like dance clubs and bars and whatever? Coco Walk. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm sorry. Coco Walk. There are no hippies. Left in Coconut Grove. No, there's not. No, dude, you can't even buy patchouli on the sidewalk. Now it's even Johnny Rockets is gone. I don't know what really? that neighborhood is. Yeah, dude. It's remember when there was an American apparel there? Like it's all over. Now it's all over. There's nothing. There used to be uh, an improv there. There used to be uh, that stupid dueling piano bar, Fat Tuesdays. Like that was, there was a scene there. Cafe 22 Tango. Yeah, there's like it's just it's just a bunch of recently renovated five million dollar homes, <laughs> like that's all. <laughs> yeah, mm. and like thirty dollar uh, personal pizzas, 
and um, not to shit on Michael Schwartz. I think he's amazing. And uh, that like, we just like upscale restaurants and I don't know, some of it's catering to locals, but a lot of it is dreaming of this, I don't fantasy world that doesn't exist yet there. I don't know what's going on. I, I miss what it was. Like you definitely well, felt like you could meet a witch in Mayfair. You know what I mean? <laughs> it was possible. If you just like threw a little pavement stone into the sidewalk, you would meet, she would pick it up and she would like tell you how many days you had left to live. Wait, Mayfair or Wayfair? <laughs> no, Wayfair is the QAnon child sex trafficking. Yes, I was like, going to say. Try buying like a rattan chair from Wayfair and you'll get a child in the mail instead. No, because her name is like Svetlana22781. They're like, oh, she <laughs> went missing two days ago. That's, this is connected. Don't, don't all, buy that chair. It's all connected, Jess. It's all connected. <laughs> I bought a Papasan chair, and there were definitely children in that packaging. <laughs> At Way, Wayfair in the Grove? <laughs> yeah. Mayfair in the Grove. Wayfair and Mayfair in the Grove. <laughs> There's a lot of protests there. It's like Westboro Baptist Church and QAnon crossover. There's got to be um, like some... QAnon burlesque kind of stuff. I mean, I don't know what, I don't know like what. Uh, I know what that would look like. I know, I'm, but I'm imagining it. Lots I of mean, shame. Lots but of like, shame. But like that guy with the horned headdress, like him, but a woman. No, but maybe you know? it's like Chippendale style. Maybe it's men only because women have had their turn and they make more in the industry. So now it's only Q bros. Q bros. Q bros for hire. And they're just like <laughs> on ABC, dry reading and like you know throwing spears around, or like humping their like portrait of Tip O'Neill they they stole from the Capitol, selling know? each other haunted cassette players online. They're like, "Don't tread on me; it's just jizz all over me." I, like I don't know what <laughs> can oh, I wow. say that you, you went you went right to the basement, Jess. Right <laughs> to the basement. As always, I go too far, too far. Yeah. Oh well. <laughs> it's just where I went. What else we got? Oof, male oh. strippers are not fun. They're not as fun as female strippers. Male strippers are, they're never what you expect. And they're like slathered in oil and they've got weird banana hammocks. I think you're right if you're talking about male strippers at straight clubs. Like hunkamania. Oh, you're right. If you're talking about male strippers at gay clubs, you're wrong. Because they're amazing. <laughs> they're everything for everyone. Ripped, beautiful, kind, open. They're amazing. They're like just ready to entertain everyone. Everyone. I've just never seen an erection last that long. That, oh man. Without a doctor being involved. Hopper technology is like really on the up and up. They dance with erections? Yes. <laughs> I did not know that. <laughs> for hours. That's the drugs the gotta be for great. Hours. For hours. The drugs are great. They are. Yeah. Great. That's it. Wow. Just got to lick the faucet in the in the bathroom sink and you'll be high for eight days. <laughs> I thought lick the faucet was some kind of double entendre, but you meant literally lick the faucet. Lick the faucet is a, is a funk band from 1993. Yeah, they used to open up for George Clinton. They're, un <laughs> they're under-celebrated, really. Oh, so we chose uh, reggae music for this episode. Yes, we did. Um, I'm not 100% convinced they have a Florida connection. But I did what? have this idea in my head. I mean, they have played here, I guess. Did you clear this one? No, dude, I didn't clear this one. But I think <laughs> we're okay. 
love you guys. We just want to celebrate your music. I want to know what love is. And oh man, what was the other one again? It was um, take my breath away. <laughs> yeah. I, yeah, I wanted her at the end to do the iconic riff, like when she shoots up into the stratosphere with her voice. I but she didn't do it. She oh, just shit. repeated it. Yeah. Well, because it's a different vibe, you know, reggae. You yeah. Get a little calm. You're holding a mai tai. You're like sitting in the sand. You know. She's a great singer. Yeah, she's awesome. She's definitely from Florida. <laughs> I wanted it to be a female singer, kind of like the parrot is singing to him and taking him to a tropical paradise or whatever. But the parrot's a boy. Oh, right. He's a senior man. The parrot's a cue bro. <laughs> I and couldn't help but when I was grabbing that audio from the, the YouTube, I couldn't help but kind of envision the scent of that room that they were all crammed into playing. <laughs> Remember <laughs> that? Ching. <laughs> yeah, I kind of can't imagine how potent the weed smell coming from that room was. And don't you miss it a little bit? The well, smell of weed. If my and... neighbors didn't burn as frequently as they do, I would probably miss it. But if oh. I just if I were to open this window now, it would be like Oh, it's some of that dank Broward weed too, man. <laughs> it's well, it smell like I don't know. I don't smoke it, Does but it, smell it smells good? like it's quality stuff. Yeah. It doesn't oh. smell like grass. Yeah. Open that window then, man. <laughs> Get a contact high, bro. Yeah. Free stuff. <laughs> no, your cats will be everywhere. high for like three days. That's what they say. <laughs> yeah. They'll just be like bouncing off the walls and shit. <laughs> What's really weird is is uh, how your cat, if y'all have cats out there, how they look at you when you're high. Oh, they know, dude. They see right through you. They look at you and they're kind of like, how do you know my real name? <laughs> they start to talk and walk on their hind legs <laughs> that's what they just do do at nighttime and they test they 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 tap you on the forehead to see if you're dead or not so you so know they can eat they, your eyeballs exactly <laughs> and be like oh i've been the apex predator all along they didn't know <laughs> no and you know uh when a cat eats its owner's eyeballs it absorbs all the experiences of uh its owner so then it finds another home. Yeah, it can, and it can walk the earth with knowledge, human knowledge. I believe that. I really do. That's that seems stuff. right. I do miss having a cat that like knows when you're high and then decides it's snuggle time. You know what I mean? They're like, oh, okay. You seem really comfortable. I'm your pillow now. But that's far and few between. I feel like a lot of cats are just like disinterested or in general, you know. So there 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 are assholes who who can travel in between dimensions and they do so to make hunting easier. They're better than us like most uh, animals. Hunting humans. So. Hunting yeah. humans. <laughs> Dragging them to the underworld. <laughs> now I'm a house pet. So our next episode is Heather which is based on a story where a woman goes to Waffle House and takes her pants off and assaults a waiter. So, with her pants or with her waffles? I don't know what kind of waffles we're talking about, but probably. Absolutely. You. Yes, you do. I mean, <laughs> Jess, her flapjack. Are you, Jess, are you a boomer or a buster? <sighs> I'm guessing busters are millennials. So, I'll take that one. I'd rather be a buster than a boomer any day. Someone blows up the balloon, someone pops it. That's all I know. That's all I know. Everybody's all, everybody else is there to pick up the pieces. Ugh. Ivanka's maid is there to pick up the pieces. 
Because the doll is still sitting in the closet, <laughs> waiting to be animated again. Waiting to be Annabelled. Uh, oh. cool. Well, we'll see you next time, I guess. <laughs> if, if, the, if these fires ever go out. Yeah, if the spring breakers ever leave. They're just here forever. <laughs> if they ever let them out of prison. Oh, that's dark. <laughs> Take a little time